Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast, uh, the podcast where we write songs in a week and then dissect them with each other um, to figure out what on earth we've done with our seven days. Uh, my name is Declan. And my name is Roger. Fantastic. I love how you don't do the comedy bit that I always do of being an awkward little so-and-so. I, c- I can't think of anything funny to say in the gap. I mean, to be fair, like I've um, basically just done all my jokes for that section and I now just repeat them like uh, if you tune in like every three episodes or so you, you'll probably just see me make the same joke over and over and over you're like one of those toys where you pull a string and it has like four catchphrases in it. I am basically Woody this is something I actually say about myself in real life I just have like two or three things that I say all the time and let's put it this way when i get really famous and they make a talking doll of me it's going to be very easy to fill up that sound chip i want to be involved with the production of that sound chip (laughs) what doing your best declan impersonation no i just want to be part of the research team and i'll be like you know we'll sit there and we'll get like chinese takeaway and boxes and we'll be like what else did he say back in 2022 what so we're like lawyers on an american tv show (laughs) basically long long over overtime hours well, fantastic. This is a brilliant start to this episode, number 140. This is the kind of thing you can expect from your next 40 to 60 minutes, depending on how good we are at editing this episode down. Yes, as we say, this is a songwriting podcast where we each bring a song that we've written within a week. And this is week five of the current run of seven. And I'm feeling I'm getting into my swing a bit more now. I was going to say, we've warmed up now. You know, those first couple of weeks where you're just, oh, I've got a really song. They're gone. Week five. Yeah. You're feeling confident now, eh? A little bit more, yeah, because we ended up uh, like taking a longer than usual break due to like uh, the nature of what we did last season, where we were podcasting long after we'd stopped writing. So the break before writing has like been quite a long one, and now my muscles are just my songwriting muscles are just going like, "Yep, we know, we know what we're doing. We're back working again. Maybe don't use a minor fall." You use that too much. <laughs> yes, exactly. I feel like also the the gap and having written so many songs in February in such a, a cluster has made me just think like, all right, okay, what can I do differently this time? What haven't I tried yet, you know? Ah, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves, but for me it's kind of like the opposite. It's just kind of like I've got back to this thing of like, okay, I just need two or three good ideas, interweave them slightly, add a few variations, that's it. Bang, root of a song. Whether it's the root of a good song remains to be seen. But like... <laughs> I'm sure it is. I've loved your run so far. So before we get to Saccharin, whose go is it first this week for songs? It's my go first uh, to show my song this week. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And I have, have listen? I have one whole song for you. Yeah, sure. So my song this week is called Jackie and Dean. And it goes a little something like this. One, two, one, two. Jackie was a tall young thing And she said she'd be a friend to Dean Something in his eyes told Jackie he's a rich young bear. 
I wonder what a rich young thing's doing wondering alone and free. Dean was on his way to the money on the tallest tree. Can you show me? She can give me what I want when the sun goes down. She can give me what I need. Little Dean thought she promises the world that she'll probably be the death of me. Right this way. Mama told me not to come. I've been waiting for the day where a cup does not belong. You can take me all the way. I'm about to risk my skin and all the water sense of adventure. That honey will be mine. Oh, I never should have come. This obnoxious little swine. And I'll be moving on as soon as I can. Jackie bought the goods back down, and she tied him to the tallest tree. She took him for a fool, then she probably made her way back home. Dean was all alone that night in the shadow of the tallest tree, chewing till the ropes gave in and the truth came free. So that was Roger's uh, fifth weekly song with this run, Jackie and Dean. And there isn't a very easy pun for me to make out <laughs> the title of this one, so I'm just going to cut straight to the chase and say that I really like it. Well, thank like, you. It's got it's got this very kind of Rick Springfield energy to it slightly, uh, but like acoustic Rick Springfield. <laughs> That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I was here for this moment. Yeah, no, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. I mean, like I was kind of alluding to in the intro, I tried to write the type of song I've never written before, you know, which is basically a story. It's a, it's a song with a story and a narrative and characters, and I've never done that before, at least to this extent anyway. Yeah, I was going to say about characters, you've got two different voices going on there. Are those meant to be two, the two voices of the different characters then? Yeah, and this is kind of where the song... <laughs> falls apart slightly in that Jackie's voice, the female bear, is nice and low, you know? And um, Dean's voice, uh, the little cub bear, he, he has a, a high-pitched voice, which I guess kind of makes sense because he's a little kid, but Jackie, <laughs> Jackie's like Barry White, so... I mean, like, uh, this would be a good one for a duet if you can find, like, someone with a really, like, uh, like a woman with a really nice, powerful, low voice, just to sort of, like... Uh like bring that to life a little bit that could be really cool actually i think yeah i mean obviously for the demo it was just you know me on my todd just oh. you know, doing it you know yeah that's the thing like we can't exactly like go right could i have uh five extra singers and the london philharmonic tell you what can we resurrect john bottom for the drums no, no. <laughs> okay okay fine fine <laughs> but uh, yeah i mean so just to outline the story a little bit I started the week knowing I wanted to write like a narrative based song where 
there are characters and they have you know adversity to overcome and then they learn a lesson at the end that was kind of my idea and then i thought okay i'll try and write write it on piano with guitar and try and write the lyrics and the and the music at the same time like i normally do but then wouldn't you believe it i came up with basically a whole piece of music which is the piece of music you just heard um without any words one night and I recorded it and I thought okay I'll come back to this and then I had the difficult task of trying to sculpt words to the music um and a making them fit coming up with new melodies I didn't have any melody ideas and then also this thing of like okay how do I fit different characters and a story arc and get all the information and all the story beats into this two and a half minute song you know and this is why writing musicals is much harder than it looks Oh man, I, I can't even imagine. But even this, and this is just like you know, baby's first attempt at writing a narrative-based song. <laughs> but, but even this was like, okay, right, uh, okay. So in the third verse, um, you know, Jackie robs Dean. But how am I going to make it so that Dean has his, um, you know, epiphany by chorus four? Oh no, I've only got three stanzas to work with. How do I convey that information in that time and stuff? Yeah, you have to like really pare down like what needs to be there with just enough flavour to make it interesting, which I think you've uh, done. I like the way you sort of mislead the audience at the beginning, where like you've got like uh, uh, them talking about each other, and it feels almost like they're uh, like humans, and then like someone mentions the word bear, and it's just kind of like, eh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. I see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so it's one of those things where, like, I suppose it requires some explanation. I think the story on its own, kind of like, if you listen to it um, fresh, like, you, you know, you didn't know anything about it, it kind of makes sense narratively. But just to explain the story that's in my mind, at least, like, it's these two characters, Jackie and Dean. Um, Jackie is like a kind of like, I don't know, like a streetwise bear who lives in the heart of the forest. And, you know... Is... She's a 90s bear with attitude. Exactly. And um, Dean is this little bear cub, you know, he's like two or whatever a bear cub is. Um, as you can tell, I didn't research bears for this. Um, but anyway, um, so he he has this, um, it's very much a sort of Joseph Campbell hero's journey type of thing. And he has this desire to head out from his safe home. And he's heard tale of this enormous oak tree. And at the top, there's um, there's bees on a you know beehive, and they've got this delicious honey, and it's on the tallest tree. And you have to, you know, go was out. Was this and... tale told by Winnie the Pooh by any chance? Oh, dude, honestly, <laughs> this this is absolutely. It could be a Winnie the Pooh story, but like a little bit more dark because he gets tied up at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like PG thirteen or something, and so so he knows about this this tall tree and he wants to go there and you know obviously in the third verse or something or no sorry in the middle eight it's like mama told me i shouldn't have come and like i'm doing all of this risking my life and limb for just a little bit of adventure and um and then of course he doesn't even get to get the honey because he gets to the tree jackie climbs the tree jackie's tall and is strong and you know promises to help him but actually what she ends up doing is taking the honey for herself and stealing it basically and she ties him to the tree and then at the end basically the epiphany is look even if i got robbed even if i'm tied to this tree even if everything's gone up shit creek without a paddle at least i'm not at home anymore and at least you know i'm i'm at least trying to have an adventure and he says at the end if i wanted to be safe i probably would have stayed back home so that's kind of the story 
Author. Author. <laughs> of a children's book. Of a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, li- I like that. Like, uh, it's sort of, once you know the story, it's sort of, you can see it in there. But, like, listening to that for the first time, I was getting, like, uh, you know, like, um, Lemon Twigs go to school. Yeah, yeah. Where a lot, a lot of those songs can just be heard surface level. But then you occasionally hear like the odd like line in there, and you just think, "Huh, what?" And when you realise what the whole story is, it's just like, "Oh, I see, right, yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely." Um, that that's kind of the thing, and I think rather than it being part of like a concept album or anything about Jackie and Dean, where everything's about it, I kind of want to try moving forward. I won't do this for every song, but like every now and then write a song that's about some characters or like has a story to it and the story some and i need to get good at this this is something that's entirely new to me the story kind of represents something i'm going through like for example this one obviously is about sort of getting out of your comfort zone you only live once kind of like what i usually write about but in a much more sort of like light-hearted way i guess and told through characters but also more abstract exactly yeah more abstract and almost like sort of um like an allegory or something you know like where the allegory can tell the story better than actual facts can sometimes not saying that this one does by any stretch but hopefully they'll work towards that well it's a useful technique and it's a good skill to have in your toolbox like there are some great songs like using in particular third person narrative uh, to sort of tell the story or to generate a vibe or a mood and it's really quite difficult to write about third person stuff I think the closest I've ever come is like Florence Foster Jenkins. I was going to mention that. And one, even yeah. then, and even then, that's not so much third person. That's more like two sets of narrators speaking in first person about the others, about real things that happened, as opposed to like a story that was made up. Mm. Like, uh, so yeah, like props to you for like actually properly attempting like narrative in this way, and it uh, it's a success. I think I quite like it. Um, I was saying Rick Springfield vibes earlier, <laughs> and I can see their song being produced in this way. But is that how you would take this on? Where would you like take this if you suddenly thought, I know, I'll pop it on an album or an EP or something? Yeah, well, Rick Springfield's a pretty close approximation of what I would do with it, I think. Jesse is a friend. Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine. Lately something's changed, it ain't hard to define Jesse's got himself a girl and I want to make her mine And she's watching him with those eyes I think, yeah, drums, bass, um, sort of like light electric guitars, like crunchy, not distorted mm. And uh, an acoustic guitar in there, maybe a little piano But all kind of very quite um, 70s rock band um, orchestration and arrangement uh, but still quite light, you know, like probably still have the voices in there, whether it's, you know, me doing them or, or guest vocalists or whoever. And um, just try to make it... More 10cc than Led Zeppelin. Yes, yeah. In fact, 10cc was kind of an influence in in a sense because there are bands who write... Because they have a few songs like that, don't they? Like uh, the Lonesome Alcoholic, uh, not Lonesome Alcoholic, uh, but that one. And then like uh, I Wanna Rule the World. Mm, mm. And, like, I mean, their lyrics, particularly in that um, Godly and Creme era, I think, is the era I really like. Like, they'll write songs like that, like I Want to Rule the World or, like, um, Don't Hang Up or something, where it's very much a story and it's very cinematic in its presentation. 
but at the same time, you can tell they're writing about themselves to some degree. And in the best instances of these type of songs, I think, people convey something quite personal, universal, um, without even mentioning themselves, you know? And I think that's quite an interesting avenue I'd like to explore. Well, it's kind of this interesting idea that if you write, a, even if you write like about aliens on the planet Zog, uh, with no connections to humans at all, or you write about witches and wizards in the fantasy land, which has nothing to do with the real world, you're still, by the nature of you being the person who's writing it, going to talk about more about the experiences and the ideas that are more present in your life than anybody else's. So it will say something about you, just purely by the fact that you're the writer by what you choose to include and exclude, what you focus on, what you skip over. Absolutely, yeah. And it's it's still you as the writer doing the, you know, the storytelling of it. Um, I don't know, I feel really what do you call it, amateur in this department. So, uh, it's, but it's exciting, you know, it's exciting to, to be writing a new territory, um, which is kind of my goal for the season, really. So, yeah. So your storybook uh, album with animals, uh, when can we expect it? It'll be in all good bookstores by the by Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> you better get a shift on, mate. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Got to get illustration done. I've got to actually write it. I've got to get What are you published. talking about? You can draw. <laughs> I can only draw cigarettes. <laughs> Maybe they're cigarette bears. <laughs> the best kind of That's bears. That's a title. <laughs> Maybe they're cigarette bears. Yes, yes, yes. Totally. Um, I think I've said my all I've got to say on this one. Um, I like this one, and I really like the. Uh, I just like the idea of like just jumping feet first into a new mode of writing lyrics, one out of one. I. Uh, I think you've done really well with it. Thank you. It means a lot. Cheers. Before we dive into your week five song, it's time to mention Journeyman. Journeyman. Journeyman! The sponsor for season 15. It is. It is. <laughs> Journeyman are a company that create these fantastic books for songwriting and writing music, composition, um, project arrangement, you know? And they do a few different types of books. They do books that are manuscript interspersed with um, plain paper. So you can uh, obviously write out your notation on the stave and also make notes on the side. Uh, They also do guitar tablature, bass, ukulele, all these different types of books, which are tailor-made for musicians. And it's, I don't know, I just think it's the perfect, you know, team up for us on the podcast and for everyone listening. So I'm a fan. I must... I must say the guitar tab one has been useful because I don't write down the chords that often, but every now and then I'll find one that's interesting and just be like, right, I need to write some record of this down. And the amount <laughs> of time just like writing out the bloody lines every single time. Like, uh, it's just kind of nice to have it there. Like, I don't use it most of the time, but it is just so convenient. And it is a really nice notebook as well. Like, a nice thick paper. Yeah, oh like, God, uh, Ooh. Well, like you kind of alluded to a moment ago, like I draw, so like I'm very specific about the types of sketchbooks I have, like for drawing, and um, you know I like a good thick paper. I like the faux leather bound. I like a little pocket in the got... back. Yeah, I was going to say they've got a little pocket which you can keep uh, words in if you write them on something else, like uh, printouts of till receipts. <laughs> Not that I've ever done that. Don't listen to the earlier episodes of this season. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing I like about the Journeyman books as well, like something that I learned from watching sketchbook tours of like 
really competent artists, like visual artists, is they'll they'll start a new sketchbook with today's date is whatever, and then that's when they've started the book, and then they'll write when they finish it at the end, and then they'll also write a page of like my goals for this book are such and such and such and such, and I think that's a really cool thing to do with a songwriting book too, like. You know, I, for example, in mine this season, I wrote, oh, I want to try and write songs with a bit more of a narrative to them. And I want to try and write songs with these type of chord changes. Oh, he's so. well on the way. He's well on the way, ain't he, boys and girls? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But yes, I am. Yes, I am well on the way. <laughs> you better believe it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so if you want to get your hands on a Journeyman book, I said shuffling some papers literally like a newsreader then. Um, all you need to do is And go now the news at 10. It's my-journeyman.com and you can use the code WEEKLYSONG at checkout for 20% off. That's one-fifth off of anything on the website. That's not bad. Not only is it not bad, it's not... Um... <laughs> anyway, let's, let's talk about your song this week. Um, this is your fifth song. Um, I'm excited to hear it. What's it called? And Tell us about it, please. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, teacher, me, me, me. This one is uh, slightly. It's not a different one in terms of like vibe for me, but it's a different one in terms of how I'm approaching it mentally. Um, this one is called "Everything Keeps Falling Apart," and it goes like this. Everything, everything keeps falling apart. 
first of all, it comes in with that incredible riff. D- tell us about it. You said you approached it from a different place mentally. What do you mean by that? As I was writing it, I sort of realised this isn't a song for me, but I am going to keep writing the song because I think it's interesting. It was written quite quickly. I didn't have much time to write a song last week. I was quite busy for a lot of the days, um, which is a nice problem to have uh, because a lot of the things were music-related, but still. Mm. Uh, So this was like written in about an hour session, I think. And the first thing that came to me was uh, the idea of doing like a one-line chorus because I am still jealous of Sam Church and his ability to write these brilliant uh, sing-along songs. Sam, if you're listening, I love you, but please stop. (laughs) (laughs) Damn his eyes. So that's interesting, Uh, a one-line chorus. Yeah, in the idea that uh, you would be able to just pick it up instantly and sing along. That's really cool. Um which is why also like it repeats so like you hear it the first time then it repeats again you think oh okay i think i know the structure of these choruses going forward <laughs> let's go um so you've really got one component much... sorted then <laughs> yeah well it's kind of like the um uh chorus in photosynthesis a frank turner song where like the only line in it is i won't um i won't sit down i won't shut up and most of all i will not grow up but that repeats like in multiples of two um uh for each chorus and that's just a really cool way to get people singing along it was the phrase as well everything keeps falling apart which kind of dictated the mood of the song which is why i ended up going for that slightly dissonant descending riff uh i started off on an e flat major seven chord and i just love those but it was the wrong chord so i just idly thought you know what i've never tried an e minor major seven which is the same but with the g moved down to an s sharp so i did a standard major run down the scale on the minor chord i.e going from e flat to d to c to b flat and that was just it just sounded really dissonant but in a nice singable way uh it was then just a case of like filling out well obviously this needs a verse and this probably needs like a bridge so it's just a very simple uh, verse, which is basically E flat down to B, then to C diminished back down to B, but like only using power chords. So like you're not having to worry about those pesky thirds being in there. Pesky um, thirds? Pes- pesky thirds. <laughs> um, but yeah, it kind of like gives it a bit of a Foo Fighters rock feel, like early Foo Fighters. I definitely got uh, um, like one by one vibes. Thank you. Yeah, I I hadn't quite clocked it to that specific album, but yeah, that mu- that must be it. <laughs> Listening back to it, and then just that da 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 down. It's just a pentatonic riff. It's interesting that you had like that punctuating riff in your song this week as well. We've both kind of used the same technique to break up our verses. Oh yeah, good point. It's it's a cool trick to try, isn't it? Because like, once you've established that that's the thing, you know you can come back to it. Yeah, and you can just like drop it out for absolutely ages, but then just bring it back at the right moment, and everyone goes like, "Oh yeah," mm. um, that in sync as well. Yeah, and then the bridge is just a variation on that. It's a E flat down to a B to a B flat to a D diminished again, just power chords. I think by the time I got to the verses, I realised it is a song about 
feeling stressed out and thinking that you can't do anything to make your life better and the more you try the more you try and put things together the more they fall apart but at the same time that's not kind of where my songwriting is right now i don't feel or at least not my best songwriting mm. like i i think i've spoken on the podcast before about i like songs with a bit of narrative through line to them and a bit of a change in the circumstance by the end even if it's only a minor change and it really wouldn't have fit this song a because uh, um, just the whole vibe of the music is just driving you towards that sort of like impotent anger mm. but also just like the melody of the chorus is so built around the phrase everything everything keeps falling apart that it's difficult to replace that with something similar but that also scans just as well I totally get that yeah so by the time I realised that which was uh, like halfway through the first verse I thought right well I a, I don't have much time, but B, I do still like the song. It's just not going to be a song for me. So, like, I'm approaching this from the point of view now of if I were a professional songwriter and someone said, hey, we've got this cool alternative rock band that's come in and they need, like, a hit single. You're like, I'm your man. Yeah, like, try, almost like writing a song for order for a pretend customer which is why the bridge has that very, like, anthemic whoa bit in it. Because, again, it's the audience sing-along thing. Like, you can imagine, like, at a gig, a load of fans going to that, like, who've listened to the record on repeat and all just singing out that bit in unison. Totally. Did you find that writing to order, so to speak, freed you up at all to kind of, I don't know, write lyrics you wouldn't normally write or anything like that? Tell you what it did do it 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 made me a bit less nervous about the verse lyrics. If this was a song for myself, uh I would rewrite the verses because I think they're very basic. But like th- this isn't a sophisticated instrument. This is a very <laughs> blunt tool of a song. So that's fine and you'd probably have like a singer who could bring their own meaning to it and like have a bit more fun with it. So, yeah, that's fine. The trouble is, like, if I was to sing it, I know that I don't think those words mean much. But that doesn't matter to the person singing it, so long as they can find something in it to sing. 100%, yeah. I I think the vibe's definitely there. And I think it was interesting what you said about normally you like a song that has some kind of narrative resolution or shift or something by the end, whereas this falls into that category of songs that are like, Kind of like, I don't know, Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. Like, that's a song about getting it on. It's not like in the final chorus, they're like, and then we got it on, and it really wasn't as good as I hoped it would be. You know, it's like, it's one thing. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's very much like a, a very young kind of thing. Like I say before, that sort of idea of impotent anger or just like frustration that you can't seem to change anything, which is true for a lot of people in the mid to late 20s and early 30s but it is almost universally true for like people in their late teens and early te- uh, early 20s so like it's kind of an interesting thing I'm almost too old for this song now I'm an old man Roger <laughs> <laughs> old no you're not old but I get what you're saying with the teenage thing it's like it has a greater degree of applicability to a younger audience yeah for sure for sure I mean this whole thing of like kind of having an artist or a band in mind to write for 
is this something that you think you'd explore more in the future or i don't know i can't imagine this being like 50 percent of your songs are like that style but um what are your thoughts now you've done it i think it might be an interesting thing to sort of like challenge myself uh but again it'd be more in the vein of you know when we sometimes do genre challenges are like oh you've got to write like an emo song or you've got to write you know a 60s bubblegum pop song like uh it's it's just a variation on that idea like uh okay you've got to write this for a hyper pop artist okay now you've got to write this for like a uh, super soulful singer okay now you've got to write it for like the punk anarcho band (laughs) (laughs) i like it i mean maybe maybe for on episode seven for episode eight we could put a bunch of artists like well like Adele, Foo Fighters, whoever, into a big hat, and then we draw out two names, and we each have to write a song in the style of that artist for episode eight. You know what? I really like that idea. Let's do that. And we could like draw the things live on air. We could like you know when Josh did that thing where he spanned the wheel online. Oh yes, uh, for those uh, in the audience who aren't close members of our friendship group, uh, this is talking about like a cover challenge uh, that we sometimes do with a couple of mates, uh, where like one time our friend Josh, who's been on the podcast before, go out and check his episodes out, span a wheel of random artists to try and work out what songs he was going to give people, and it is just kind of like a what was it the one that we were all doing? Anyway, the point is like counting it down and sort of working out okay which song are we all gonna have to like cover now yes it it just it increased the hype of it so much that could be really fun i like the idea of like it doesn't even have to be modern artists it could be like you gotta write a song for fleetwood mac or whoever i don't know yeah you gotta write a song for lonnie (laughs) donegan not lonnie (laughs) so with regards to your song uh I was wondering to put the question back at you. How would you produce this one? Will you produce it? Will this be on a project or something? I don't think so. I don't, like I said, I like the song. If I was going to do it myself, I'd rework those verses. Uh, Maybe, uh, like, make them a bit more specific to something that was happening in my life at the moment. But I can imagine how this would get produced, and it would surprise surprise it would feature a lot of very rocky electric guitars but i couldn't think of like highlighting the dissonance in the background by like having almost like um ebos like bending notes slightly out of tune so the chorus gets really uncomfortable very nine inch nails but still tuneful so that you can still sing it but like the whole backing the whole vibe behind the band is just kind of like almost like this thing is about to fall apart and then when the da, 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 comes back in yes like everything cleans right back up i can hear it now i really can either you or some teenage band has to record this so i need to hear it well if anyone would like to purchase the rights to this song uh the fee will be 10 million pounds and you can make it out to declan kitchener at so declan what have you been listening to in the past week I can't remember much from the actual week where I wrote the song, so I'm going to cheat slightly and pick something that I listened to yesterday, because I want to. And the answer is Fleetwood Mac's Mirage. Ooh. Ooh. What, why do you like it? What's it good? What's it good? That's great, English rock. <laughs> what's it good? <laughs> what's it good? I'll tell, it... You what, I'll tell you what's it good. It good because... Uh, well, I think the thing is, of the four brilliant Fleetwood Mac albums, those being... 
1975 rumors mirage and tango in the night i think uh mirage is the weakest but what i really love on it are stevie nicks and christine mcvee's songs have you seen uh, the deep discog dive on Fleetwood Mac yet? No, I actually, I actually fell asleep before um, I got a chance to. So tonight I probably will. But yeah. I'll, I'll watch it. Uh, this is Mike the Snare, uh, the YouTuber who does uh, like these discog dives of artists where it goes through every single record. I realised watching that actually, I'm only missing the last three albums, and then I have every Fleetwood Mac album, <laughs> which I don't know whether that's impressive or shameful, but. Um, uh, yeah, Mirage. I think this is kind of before uh, Lindsey Buckingham came back into his own on Tango in the Night. He really makes that album, which makes sense seeing it was meant to be like a solo project of his. But man, some of the singles off uh, uh, Mirage. In particular, one of my favourite Fleetwood Mac songs, Hold Me. It's such a strong single and it doesn't get talked about enough, which is fair. Like, that's a band with, like, a, at least two greatest hits worth of singles. But just no one talks about Hold Me Enough and I think it's really good. And, like, that ascending chorus is just so beautiful. And Christine McVie is the best songwriter in that band. I will die on this hill. Christine McVie is your favourite songwriter in Fleetwood Mac? Yep. I think Stevie and Lindsay have produced individual songs that excel her, but I think she's the most consistent presence. She's the one who really pulls everything together, and she always makes my highlight on every Fleetwood Mac record. Interesting. That's a really good point, actually. I can see where you're coming from. I think for me it's probably got to be Lindsay Buckingham, which is very average of me or whatever. (laughs) I think as a technician and a guitarist, he's superb. He is capable of writing some brilliant songs. Uh, the big thing that turns me off him is his attitude from what I've seen in interviews and like documentaries and things. Mm. He seems sure of himself to an excessive degree. The trouble is that he's normally always right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird with people like that, isn't it? It's like, you get, but oh, okay. You know, like you say, you're always right. You always kind of hit the hit the mark. But then, like, it does go into some weird directions and goes over the top sometimes. Tusk! <clears throat> Sorry. Um, Bless you. Actually saying that, I, I'm just going to defend the title track of Tusk. That is one of my flav- favourite Fleetwood Mac songs. Sorry, this is just going to become the Fleetwood Mac podcast <laughs> now. I think we've uh, got a, got I, a I'm, I'm hyped on the band again. 
It's Lindsay Buckingham <laughs> calling in. The boards are lighting up, which is weird because we don't even have boards or lights. And it's Lindsay Buckingham calling in, and he says that he is upset that you called him uh, a dick or whatever you just called him. <laughs> I didn't call him a dick. <laughs> Lindsay, I'm so sorry. I think you're very good at what you do. I just feel that maybe you need to improve your interpersonal skills slightly. <laughs> have you ever seen the um, the Saturday Night Live sketch, um, What's Up With That, where they always have Lindsay Buckingham on, but he never gets to speak? No, I have not. It's hilarious. I can't do things like that justice, but it's worth a watch. Being Cornish, I didn't have many opportunities to watch Saturday Night Live. So Yeah, they still haven't got the internet installed in Cornwall yet. I mean, they're still on VHS down there. <laughs> if they're lucky. <laughs> it's fine, we can both make these jokes, we're from there. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, I need to watch that Mike the Snare video. And, like, whenever I watch the Mike, Mike the Snare video, I get <laughs> heavily immersed in whoever he covers, so... Um... Yeah, like I was saying, I've only got three Fleetwood Mac records to go, and then I've heard the lot, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, uh, he did one on Radiohead. I went out and bought some Radiohead vinyl. Did one on. You um... went through a big Radiohead phase. Oh man, like, it's a it's a good thing, but like, man, you went through a big Radiohead phase. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm out the other end now. That was a good phase to have. Now I'm back at that lovely, happy place where I listen to OK Computer, In Rainbows, and The Bends, and that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, you can listen to Radiohead, but in moderation. I can quit anytime I want. <laughs> I take it uh, none of those three are necessarily the thing that you've been listening to this week. No, this week I've been listening to um, a really seminal band from the 70s called Big Star, which is one of those bands where, like, you know, you mention the name of people are like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, love it, know it, really influential, or they go, who? Um, and so Big Star, uh, I've been listening to their album Number One Record, which is the most fantastic name for a debut album ever. Yeah, I... You did send the link along to me to listen to them, and I must admit I completely forgot because I'm a terrible person, and I had a I had a nagging fear that you were going to say that because <laughs> I I always hate it when like I say something and you've got an opinion on it and then you say something and I'm just like oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally cool it's totally cool I mean this is really just um that's just what I've been listening to isn't it. Um, but we have a little clip here we can listen to, listen to like 30, 40 seconds of it if you want. Let's do that. Okay, having just listened to a s- small section of that, I can see how I quite easily get into that. That's kind of like every great record from the 70s, like melted into <laughs> yeah, yeah. one slightly. <laughs> exactly. There's got to be like, like uh, if it is every great record from the 70s melted into one, there's got to be like one second of opera because of Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh man, it's just, they they were hugely influenced by the Beatles and Beach Boys and stuff. Um, and uh, there's a great documentary on Big Star. Um, it's a yeah. little bit of credence in there as well, I can hear. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, definitely. Um, I don't know, they just... They, 
I mean, at this stage where I'm kind of really into them, I'll probably change my mind next week or something. But if somebody was to go, what kind of music do you like? I go, number one record by Big Star. It's just great. Just that kind of music, specifically those songs, only those songs. <laughs> the rest of music doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. But yeah, no, I've really been getting into them. And um, a documentary always helps. I do love it when a band has... Not a band has. Like, there's a documentary about a band. Because they had... I won't go into it in huge detail because I can't remember all the details. I'm quite new to being a fan of them. But they definitely had their issues, um, like a lot of rock and roll bands do. But um, just a really interesting You know, I'd love for there to be... I'd love for there to be, like, a documentary on a rock band where, like, they just go, no, everything was fine. (laughs) Like, we're just mates. Like we we just do this for a job, yeah. Like I'm glad people like it, but like there's no drama or anything. And they're like, yeah, but what about the gritty drugs? Like, yeah, we have a Heineken on the weekend sometimes. <laughs> We're always in yeah, by nine thirty. Yeah, I think I took too many aspirins once. That was an interesting sleep, but um, no, other than that, there's been no real problems. Oh, didn't get up till nine thirty that morning, but I was still in time for church, so it was okay. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of that's not a rock and roll documentary. <laughs> Although that's probably what like Christian rock bands are like. Um, you know, no offense or anything, but you know, clean living. That's all I'm saying. I I didn't worship on a Sunday. Oh no. <laughs> uh, but that said, that is about it for this uh, week's episode. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. And if you want to get in touch with the show, you can. You can send us your comments, your email, songs you've written in a week, just general thoughts on songwriting. We like reading that kind of stuff. And that's weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. And we both receive those emails and we will read them on the show if you want us to. And if you don't, just say don't read them out and we won't because we respect you. Just put a picture of a lobster in there and then we'll know when we get to the bottom of it after we've read it out on there. Like, oh, wait, there's a picture of a lobster. Oh, no. Whoops. Quick, edit it now! (laughs) Well, I mean, this is us we're talking about, so we'll see a lobster at the bottom and we'll go, I remember that. Now, what does it mean? Does that mean read on air or don't read on air? No, I think this means broadcast to the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So do send us your emails and you can find us on Instagram at Weekly Song Podcast. We've got a YouTube channel. We're on Facebook. We're everywhere. So, you know, um, we'd love to connect with. Take it over the world, baby! Oh, yeah. And um, Declan, where can people find your music? You've got an album out, you've got two EPs out, um, and I believe you have a, a social media presence as well, as they say. Um, th- the last one is debatable, as are the first three. But um, <laughs> yeah, you can find my music on Spotify, iTunes, Tidal, all the usual places, as well as Bandcamp, where occasionally I actually do earn some money. Um what was I going to say uh, I also have a Facebook page Declan Kitchen of Music uh, hunt that down and I'm on Instagram as Camborne C-A-M-B-O-R-N-E-R the amount of people who keep trying to tell me Camborne's got a U in it and it's like no darling I'm from there <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah you know you know the facts there's no U there's no I in team and there's no U in Camborne there's um, no I in team America yes there is <laughs> classic as for me you can find me on all those places too Spotify Apple Music and everything uh, I've got a ton of records on Bandcamp that's rogerheathers.bandcamp.com uh, he's got so many like you are literally I've, I've said this before but I'm going to repeat it I have a playlist on my phone of all my mates music and Roger is half to two thirds of it <laughs> even before we get into like the other projects that he's involved with one of which with me <laughs> 
Oh, speaking of which, yes, follow Schnookums. Um, Instagram is where we're most active at the moment. We started posting as of last week, and that's uh, schnookums.band on Instagram. So at S C H N O K U M S dot B A N D. And we have a record coming out, and it's songs that were in season 14. And I don't know about you, Declan, but I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah, like I, I am hyped for this. I am looking forward to it so much. I might be able to stay in the room while it's being played. I'm that pumped for it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're actually recording today. Is uh, just a look behind the curtain. It's Tuesday today for us in our timeline. And on Friday, we're getting together and doing the final tracks for the album, and then we're mixing. So exciting times. Yes. Exciting times. Yes. Um. But I think that's about it for this week's episode. Again, thank you all so much for listening. And get in touch. Stay safe. Stay well. Um, what do people say at the end of podcasts? Ta-ra. Ta-ra. Hello, and, we- Hello and welcome to the Welkley song. <laughs> welcome to the weekly song. Whoa down. Uh, going a wee bit Jonathan Ross, sir.